Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it's time for below grade level. It's time for the fright of your life. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below Grade Level, the show where we take the books that we read as kids and read them as adults and ruin them. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Eaton. With me as always is Becca Eaton. Hello. And Chris Zaleski. Hello. We have a special guest to close out this book, this masterpiece of a book, returning champion John Walker. Oh, I was wondering who it was, but it's me. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> What if I brought another person on and you were just here to listen? <laughs> you didn't speak to me. <laughs> Every time you'd speak, just like, wait, wait, hold on. John, shush. John, shush. Shush, shush, shush. Yeah, right. Shush. I like John, your, we're talking to our, We're talking to our special guest. I know, I'm trying to, I keep brushing it aside and it keeps it's, returning. It's like a Superman <laughs> spit curl. <laughs> um, this episode, this book might be cursed. This is the third, fourth time we've tried to record the end of this book. Uh scheduling conflicts and then we tried to record this last night and the website that we used to read this book was down and this book is so weird and old that a kindle doesn't exist of it it's just it's just on open library um but open library is back online and we can I like to think Christopher Pike somehow learned of the podcast and was like, shut it down now. Shut it down now. <laughs> no one can know. Okay, so John, mm-hmm. we are reading this book called uh, The Eternal Enemy by Christopher Pike. Uh, so I'm going to give you a, a quick, and when I say quick, I mean a, not quick a at belabored. all. A belabored. De- there's, uh, <laughs> there's too much has happened in this book. So our main character's name is Rayla, R-E-L-A, which is already a weird name. Um, but she's a teenage girl. She loves cookies and milk and boys and movies and all sorts of all-American things. Um, the book she starts off... Jesus and her boyfriend, too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, the book starts off with her going to Circuit City to buy a VCR because she's going to have a party and she wants to buy a VCR so she can tape an old sci-fi horror movie and play it at her party. Um there was about one entire chapter of her haggling with this guy who works at Circuit City and him upselling her a VCR with four heads. And it got really, really into, like, the nitty gritty of, like, video remote uh, recording technology. Uh, but she eventually... Circa when is this book from? Is it, like, 93? 93. Okay. 93. Um, also, I so feel she, like it was at least, like, four chapters just talking about buying the VCR. Mm-hmm. And this, like, this never came up again, but, like, she didn't even have the money to buy it. She, like, literally gave him, like, a post-dated check. <laughs> Which I don't... Yeah, I thought that was going to be a plot point. I, re- I did, too, and it never came up again. I thought that guy was trying to fuck with her or something. Yeah, or, like, hook up with her, which, like, he kind of was, but then he... Didn't went he... to her party, and then he fucked her friend. That's right, yeah. I think that was just the last we saw of him. Yeah. It was just him hooking up with her friend. So uh, the people in this book fuck... Oh boy, yeah. do they! Okay, just um, making sure. Chris, I just didn't know, the, I just know what, what the temperature sucks. of the room was in terms of the uh, the world. Christopher Pike books, fuck. Okay, um, I, I kind of knew they did, but it's like I didn't know if this was in that young adult world where it yeah. would be implied. But no, you're saying people are definitely at so, it. So uh, she buys this VCR. Um, she tapes this movie. She throws a party, and also, meanwhile, she's obsessed, like, like to a weird degree, obsessed with this guy in her class named Christopher. Perry. Again, it's funny. 
that it's Christopher Perry. It's written by Christopher Pike. She's like super fucking into this guy. And he's like really, so really hungry. smart. And he's like super smart. He's really into science. Uh, he's, he's incredibly smart and hunky, and she's into him. Another thing about her is that she lives with her yes. basically adopted father. Yes. Um, someone who has kind of taken her in off the street, who is a um, single male reverend. Uh, reverend or pastor. I can't remember he's, what he's it was. The Reverend Spencer Lindquist. Yes, the Reverend <laughs> Spencer and, Lindquist. And so they she really... lives with this guy that... She was kind of found wandering the street with a questionable, we don't know anything about it kind of past. Yeah. And he, he took her in and like has given her a roof over her head. Which we find yeah. out like uh, at least halfway are through on, the book. Are they on good terms? Yes. Oh, they're on great yeah. terms. Spence is great. Spence is yeah, awesome. He's, a good he's, 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 a character. He's, he's in the mix. He's in the yeah. mix. He's not like a it, shadowy figure from the past. He no, gambles no. with he's, her. It's he's great. There. It was about. He's very sweet. He yeah. spent the night at the church so she could have a sleepover right. and then no one even slept over. <clears throat> yeah. It was like halfway through the book when we realized when the book told us, by the way, she doesn't remember anything from before three months ago. Yeah. Okay. Like literally her life up until three months ago, she has no idea who she is. I want to say it was like three quarters into the book when all of a sudden they're like, he's only been her dad for three months. Yeah. We're like, what? Um, She has this party. She slips with a knife and cuts her finger really badly, um, but doesn't seem to be a big deal, which like we thought was a big deal at the time. And then. Time went by in the book, and we were like, I guess that didn't mean anything. And then it actually did come back. Um, and then she starts to realize uh, this, there's something up with the VCR. So when she tapes stuff on the VCR, um, it tapes the future. So she'll put the v- tape in the VCR, and she'll have it record, like, that night. But it, what it's really doing is recording, like, the next night. And so she can see the news from the next night. She quickly figures out, hang on. I can use this to gamble. So she drives to Las Vegas. <laughs> I think this makes space like L.A. or well, something. Well, she wins a bet with her, with Spence, her dad, right. first. Uses that money to go to Vegas. Then she fleeces that her, money on the bet. She fleeces her. So how her, is she using this VCR? Like, how do you use a VCR? To, she'll she'll like, record it's, it's back to the, the future sports too, cast we'll, from the next day. And then bet on the next oh, day's sports. game. Of course, sports. All right. It, I, got, I guess I got confused thinking it would be like gambling, like a, on the ga- news. you know, games. But no, no, no. Yeah. It's it's more that just she can look at the scores. She just right, knows it, like who it. won the All baseball right. game. Yeah. yeah. So it's the, it's a what we call a Biff Tannen move. Yeah. It's it's your classic Biff Tannen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But she f- makes a very specific bet, like not just for them to win, to win with this exact score. <laughs> right. But yeah. She fleeced her dad for five hundred dollars. Which seemed insane. Um, and she's like, I'll pay him back. I don't think she did. In 1993 money, which did. is $5 million today. <laughs> yeah, at least. Because shit got weird really shit fast. Shit got weird so quickly. She went to I Vegas. She won something like $20,000. Well, like she won befriending the bookie. Be- befriended yeah. the old bookie who took her advice and bet his paycheck on the same thing and also won like 20 grand. And he's like, I'm going back to New York. <laughs> that was all we ever saw of him. That's how bookies talk. Everybody knows that, right? They all talk like they this, and they have like, like a gross stub of a cigar that's like it's like a Devito thing. I was to doing a, an Ermintrout voice for him. Oh. That's right. right. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so then, um, right after <sighs> she makes twenty grand, she's like, "Wait, maybe I should use the news to not just make money. I should try and help people." And she sees a report of the news where four window washers in San Francisco fall to their death, and she's like, "All right, I'm going to go save." I can bet on washers. that. 
I'm going to bet on that. <laughs> How many window washers are going to fall to their deaths today? She massively fucks it up. She gets like caught in traffic or something. She gets there too late. She goes to the roof somehow. Um, she, she like convinces one of them who I can't remember. Was it the book or was it us who is like commenting a lot on this woman's body? Like the, the female window washer. It was, was both. Was the, it the book prompted us to keep joking? Like, why do they keep talking about how attractive this lady is? This lady window washer. She gets this lady window washer up on the roof to be like, "You're gonna die," and she's like, "What are you talking about? I'm going back to work." And so she grabs like a flashlight and bludgeons her unconscious, and then <laughs> that like was her go-to move. And then the rest of the window washers fall to their death, and and nothing happens. Okay. Meanwhile, that was that was. Sort of a success. It was, so, yeah, mean, she saved one person. It was more successful than doing nothing. Definitely. Although that woman might have brain damage. She might. <laughs> she hit her like we twice don't know. with a, like a mag. She's light. alive. That woman has CTE now. And, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. so can't remember her children's names anymore. I need to say that throughout the whole book, she has dreams. So, like, every, like, other chapter or, like, in-between stuff happening, it'll be like, and then I dreamt that night. And her dreams are fucking, like, uh... Cronenberg. Like, Cronenberg, like, like, Hellraiser, Clyde Barker-style fucking nightmares of, like, like, robotic hands, like, opening her skull up and ripping her spine out. And, like, she's awake and alive for all of it. And there's, like, green fluid going into her veins. And it is uh, hilariously graphic. Like, it's crazy how gory it is. And she'll wake up and be like, that's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, like she does, and then, she, then she goes and talks about cookies for, like, the next fucking chapter. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, man, I love Christopher. I'm so in love with this guy, Christopher. Okay, so then, John, uh, she sees a news report that is from the next night and it's that she has been brutally murdered in her house like chopped up into a million pieces and uh she's like oh fuck i better try and avoid that and uh she brings christopher in on it her now boyfriend um they've gone on a date they've smooched um did they smooch they did smooch i wanted to point that out so uh she brings christopher in on the whole thing and then she looks at the, the news report again, and it's changed, you know, uh, Biff Tannen, et cetera. Now it says that Christopher was brutally murdered. And she's like, oh, no, I don't want to involve this. Meanwhile, she's been, like, stalked by this creepy-looking old guy who's, like, really weird and creepy. And he's, like, gone to her job, and she thinks he's the guy who's going to kill her. So this dude shows up at her house, this old guy, and and they had this weird moment where he's like, you know what I'm here to do. And she's like, I know, but I don't want you to do it. And he's like, and she's like, who am I? And he's like, that's not the right question. Don't you know? Like, don't you know what the right question is? And she's like, what am I? And he says, you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> because Rayla stands for something like robotic. Oh, of course it does. Of uh, course it does. Uh, uh, Something, living something, uh, something uh, algorithm, algorithm, living answer. algorithm. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Living algorithm, and oh he's like, "I'm your grandfather." <laughs> Wait, her grandfather, like a robot grandfather, or like how does that work? <laughs> like, okay, so I'll tell you how it works. So All then, right, I should have. I'm silly for asking. <laughs> so the last episode was us reading one single chapter, which felt like it was 500 years. And the, so the the previous chapter, what just happened in the book, is her flashing forward to like the 2030s. 
when the, she was born in the future. The last you chapter was a few all years of her, from now. The the last yeah. chapter was all of her memories like unlocking. Yeah. But because so, she chose to remember and all of a sudden it's just like, boo, wait, oh, I was born in the 2030s. And the, the whole reason like she cut her finger and it didn't matter is because she's a fucking robot. And she like her grandfather like pulled her finger sleeve off like the Terminator and it was just copper wires underneath. Uh, so <laughs> so in the future, she's a regular teenage girl named Sarah. Her fa- her grandfather is a crazy, smart, super scientist. He. Um, what does Sarah stand for? <laughs> uh, specialized automatic robot. Real, actual human. Real, <laughs> real human. Um, so he basically creates robots. Like he has this whole thing where it's it's basically like you can uh, transfer your consciousness well, well, into for, first, a robot body. First, he figured out how to um, increase his <laughs> intellect. Yeah. And he increased it so much that he could, like, see atoms. And then because yeah. he could see atoms... Could, like, smell time. He essentially unlocked the secrets of the universe, and he could time travel mentally, but not physically, for some right. reason. Yeah, he could, like, go back in time and see anything. It's like, I was there at creation. Yeah. Um, and then he creates... And they were, like, experimenting on, on, on comatose, like, accident patients, like brain-dead people, they were experimenting with them, so they were, like, taking brain-dead brains and, like, transferring their their consciousness into robots. And mm-hmm. so they started making robots, and I think the robots started making robots? Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a Cylon situation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then the, the robots made by robots started their own, like, um, United Nations-type organization to help solve, because, like, in the future, the world, like, you know, there's a food crisis and an energy crisis and a water crisis and all this other... It was a lot Euro- of good guesses. Europe was uh, uh, radioactive. <clears throat> uh, a lot of good guesses. And um, so... Uh, and And... His whole thing, the whole thing with the grandfather is like, I feel horrible about doing this because what's going to happen is in the future, humans will cease to exist. We'll just put our consciousness in robot bodies. All of us at this table is like, yeah, uh, sure. That sounds fine. <laughs> do, do it, it yeah. now. Do it to me now. That sounds awesome. Give me a robot body. Like his whole thing is like humans will go extinct, even though technically they won't because we will evolve into robots. And, and, and the reason he did it was because he could see into the future and he just kept seeing different apocalypses mm-hmm. and humans not making it. So then he made the robots and then the robots made more robots. And he's like, right, oh, finally, right, right. humanity survives somehow. Yeah. See, but way- I'm not one of those put me in a robot people though, because I don't think the consciousness that makes it to the other side is me. I think it might be a facsimile of me, and it might have my memories, and it might act like me. But you think but you'll the die? Me, I think the me that goes into that teleporter, then they say, "Oh, it rebuilds you on yeah. the other side," and yeah. it's like you one re- of those. It, uh, every time they transport on Star Trek, they I, die. <laughs> I would just be having that philosophical question every time. So what? It rebuilds me according to what? According yeah. to a computer's exact ex- instructions, and it's like, hmm. It's like the I'm prestige. not saying there's a soul. I'm just saying there's something. There's a little. It's not me. It's yeah. a brand new baby me that has all my memories. And Me- meanwhile, it, it, the original John is in like dropped into a tank of water. Right. And well, also like I feel like that's great for everybody album. but me. You know what I mean? Like if I if I can transfer my intelligence to a robot and then die, um, that's great for everybody but me because people get to have the pleasure of me forever. <laughs> but for me, that sucks because I'm not around to enjoy it. <laughs> that, that's your next album title. A title of brand new, all that. Ba- brand new baby me. <laughs> brand new baby me. 
Um, <laughs> That's not bad. So at this point in time, Sarah is like, you're a fucking monster. You piece of shit. Like, she completely disowns her and grandfather. And it also is like, he wants to stop it, but he can't at this point because the robots are too powerful. Yeah. There's like nothing he, he can do to shut them down. Yeah. Because they're smarter than him and stronger and than him. And there's too many of them. Right. There's, there's like 12 or 40 of them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They consult him and ask him for his opinion, but they don't listen to him at all. Yeah. Um, so then like there Sarah, hasn't been years and years and years of literature of people's creations <laughs> rising up against them. <laughs> right. Sarah then decides uh, what she has to do is convince her grandfather to put her brain into a robot body so that she can travel back in time to kill her grandfather. So none of this ever happens. So there's a really Wait, disturbing. What was the first thing you said? She doesn't convince him of that. No, she does. She she has he has to do it because um, she kills herself. She can't she just kill herself. Tell him, she doesn't tell him the plan, though. No, 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 no. She doesn't tell she, him he doesn't, why. He doesn't know that she wants to go back in time and kill. Right. Baby Hitler, basically. Yes. yes. Baby him. Um, she she's like saying that she wants to learn science or whatever. the Right. Fact. Like, she just she gives says an like, excuse, but that's her I want to be a plan. robot. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like. She's like at a hotel and he's on his way and she calls him and she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And he's like, no. And she's like, ha, too late. She hangs up and fucking kills herself. Yeah. Make me a robot, like, grandpa. Makes bye. like a crazy concoction or something. I don't remember what the deal is, but she basically leaves him instructions like, I killed myself. You better put me into a robot body or else mom and dad will be mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't do this, they're going to think I'm dead. So you got to do it. So he puts and, her in a robot and body. And for some reason, the robot bodies can travel through time physically. Physically. like, mm. Grandpa can only do it mentally. Yeah. Mm. For some that's reason. Not, that's not explained very well. Um, so all of her dreams that she's been having of, like, being split open and her spine being removed and her blood being, like, replaced with green stuff is actually the process she goes through in the future to become a robot. Uh, so she becomes a robot. She goes back in time. Instantly loses her memory. Starts dating a grandpa. Oh, you didn't explain that very well. Because Christopher in the past. Christopher is her grandfather in the past. Yeah. Christopher is a young grandpa. Yeah. So. So. And and the (laughs) creepy old man that showed up is her grandfather. From the future. From the future. Yeah. Although I don't remember how that happened. Is he a robot? Well, he, uh, he must be. Back? He has to be. Yeah. Yeah. He must have turned himself into a robot to be able to go back in time mm-hmm. physically to stop her yeah. or yeah. do whatever he's doing. And the last chapter ended is like, am I going to kill Christopher? Yeah. Because yeah. like, like it was like a split second. This long ass chapter to her was like a split second of her memories. Of remembering everything. And then yeah. to us, it's like, oh, wait, we're back in her living room where she's talking to her grandfather who came back in time to kill her. And she went back in time to kill him. She like reverse terminated. So, n- nutshell again for me: <laughs> motivation for killing her, and the motivation for killing him. I get that they're at odds, but that but it's like she, she's trying to kill him. Like she would kill him now before he would do any of the things that yeah. would exactly. bring her about. Yeah. Though, like, so is there a paradox? Are well, we expecting any not, kind of timey wimey paradox stuff? Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know because she'd be killing him before she. Well, yeah, she killed. Existed. If she killed him, she should. Although she's a robot, but maybe she's 
sacrificing herself for the greater good of humanity. Yeah. Because her, her goal is to make the robot shit not happen. And then if he kills her back in the past, if he comes back and kills her, that helps him because she's just not there to meddle in his affairs in the future. Yeah, which I don't yeah. understand. I mean, obviously, like, a person doesn't want to die. But right. he also regretted doing all that robot yeah, you stuff. Would think so he would want it's not like he's trying to protect to the happen. robots. Yeah. As far as we know, he sounded very regretful. He about was super it. regretful. He's like, it's the biggest regret of my life. Yeah. I love the idea of a battle to the death between two people where it's not clear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what their oh, motivation it's super is. Unclear. Now, uh, now, John, I know what you're thinking. What about the VCR? I was exactly thinking. Oh that. right, um, yes. I about that. Turns out, uh, it, it was just her it's brain's just way VCR. of interpreting. The fact that she can see the memories of the entire universe because she's a robot now. And her her amnesiac brain interpreted it as the VCR records the future, which was just yeah. so dumb. So we had to read like yeah. 30 pages of two VCR heads are, are not as good as four VCR heads because four VCR heads you can record in slow motion. So, so that means motion. she was recording regular television and watching it and seeing it as future stuff because it was unlocking things in her brain? She, her, she would she dream. Kept, she kept recording only at night for some fucking reason. Because so she would was, set it up yeah. to like record a movie overnight and then she'd follow. She's asleep, a night taper. And then her like dream... <laughs> Dream energy was making yeah, the VCR it was like the, record the future. The robot brainwaves from her dreaming were like effect. Were were like you know causing the VCR to be like and like record, and uh, you know it doesn't it, make a lot. It's of temporal sense. stuff. Oh no, it's pretty. It's pretty rock solid. Oh, <laughs> <forgive> me. <laughs> You're gonna have like a MythBusters seg segment where you explain how it's all possible. <laughs> So <laughs> that's where we left I'm just off. Just gonna say magnets, John. Any any How thoughts do they work? until uh, any thoughts up until this point? Any uh, predictions? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it sounds like a battle between good and evil is coming. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but I expect her to somehow be victorious for some reason. Right, that would so, be my thought. So but maybe this Rayla. is a Christopher. Pi well, I'm not so much Team Rayla. I just feel like it's that kind of book where at the end she's going to have. Um, you know, bested him. But I don't yeah. really know why or, or why I should be happy about that outside of the fact. This sounds very much like a them issue. You know, I mean, maybe I haven't seen the robot apocalypse part of the story yet, but it almost seems like our lives, our lifespan would, would go just normally if they just settled their shit, yeah. you know, some, somewhere else. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can get a sense of the stakes. <clears throat> I, but, uh, Becca, what do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction for the end of this book? Oh, my God. I think Christopher Pike is really dark and fucked up, so I wouldn't be surprised if it did end in robot apocalypse. Yeah. But also, I feel like teenage Christopher is probably going to show back up and have a showdown with old man Christopher. Mm -hmm. At least that's going to happen, but... So he feels like that much of a character? darkly. Like, because when you guys were telling me, it didn't seem like young Christopher was was doing that much. Oh, he's for been being in an a lot. He, he oh, okay. has been. He was there. He was like doing some science stuff and mm -hmm. made some weird helmet that does weird stuff to your brain. And he put it on Rayla and it like it hurt her and freaked her out and stuff. It's a Doc Brown helmet. Um, she talks about him absolutely constantly. Yeah. She wrote him. She wrote an incredibly unhinged diary <laughs> entry. It was really crazy. Mooning over him. They went to Blockbuster so this book, together. This book, not, let alone passing the Bechdel around. test. This doesn't even take the Bechdel test. <laughs> uh, this is the second. Yeah, what is she, there's one female friend that she talks to, and it's basically about how. And that's a frenemy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is it an eternal frenemy? They basically just talk about Christopher. <laughs> or a fraternal and the girl frenemy. That Christopher brought who turned out to be his hot cousin. Oh, right. Yeah. So, really, that's her, like, third cousin twice around. <laughs> She's related to that girl. Yeah, what would her grandfather's cousin be? I don't know. I want to tag on to Grand what cousin. Are my grandfather's cousins. I want to tag on to Becca's prediction. Yeah, Chris, what's your prediction? I think Grandpa, in a tussle with young Grandpa, is going to accidentally kill young Grandpa and be like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. So oh. do you think it will be Back to the Future rules where, like, if young Christopher dies, then old Christopher dies or didn't exist or whatever? <laughs> he, like, disappears and, like, a... He just starts <laughs> fading away. I think... So it's funny because Back to the Future has definitely... Uh, all three Back to the Futures have come out when, when this book was written. But this book yes. has cited Terminator multiple times. Not Back to the Future. It cites Terminator. So I feel like yeah. we got to go by Terminator rules. <laughs> it flat out goes, like, yeah, we know what Terminator. we're doing. <laughs> Um, although I guess Terminator rules are still kind of the same thing, but well, I, what that I'm, has time travel and robots, and robots, right? See, what I'm thinking is Terminator rules, like if the robot goes back in time and kills young John Connor, uh, then John Connor doesn't grow up to be like the savior of humanity in the future. But I think if that happens, the Terminator in the past still just exists. Like, I, I don't think... It's not Back to the Future rules where, like, if, you know... They would, like, fade from existence or something. They wouldn't just fade away. I think, like, they still just exist there. They just now exist in the past. And they're like, all right, well, job's done. So, so, I don't... the Kelvin timeline and Star Trek. Oh, God. Well, I want to say that I didn't... I thought... I didn't know that Christopher was as much... Young Christopher was as much of a player in this. It's almost sounding like you're expecting more of a... Two Christopher's showdown, then a then a well, robot so, lady and Christopher yeah. showdown. Like right before she started having this conversation with her grandfather, her and Christo- young Christopher were at the house because she called him and was like, "Someone's gonna murder me and chop me to bits." Now mm-hmm. they're gonna murder you and chop you to bits. <laughs> and then she was like, "I'm gonna go to the house where I'm supposed to be murdered." And he's like, "Don't fucking do that. That's stupid." But then yeah. he shows up. She's like, let's bring in a third person we don't care about and see if they're the one that gets murdered and chopped in the bits. I feel like he, like, wasn't he in the house when they were, like, trying to see if someone was going to come in? And then I feel like he left. He's, like, unconscious, I I think. Oh, wait, he got knocked out or frozen or something. Yeah, he's currently stunned on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, he's in the house right now, but, like, unconscious. I think they're all in the same room. I think he's just unconscious. I I think Grandpa has a phaser. My prediction is that Ed, the guy who works at Circuit City, is going to come oh. to the rescue. Ah. Uh, I'm just like wild card. I just, just want like, someone to hit him with the VCR. <gasps> like hit Grandpa with the VCR. Oh, that's that good. Would, oh, that would be delicious. It would weigh so much. It, a 1993 <laughs> it weighs so VCR much. A 1993 with VCR four with heads. heads? All right, let's find out. <laughs> now that it's been a half hour of us recapping. Chapter 14. Yes, grandfather, I said. It was you who named me. Also, they fucking talk like this. Yeah. He did not pull the trigger on his weapon, a phaser. My remark appeared to interest him. You know who I am? He asked. Yes, you were always afraid of pain. You went back to new life. New life is the UN thing. You went back to new life because you knew your days as a mortal were ending. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read her more as a robot now that we know that she's like a full-on robot. You were afraid to face the end, that end. 
you probably took the Nemprin like I did before you let the cyborgs put the THC in your veins. Not the not, not that THC. Not that mm. THC. So the, so the edibles aren't part of this. <laughs> I you're high as fuck right now. <laughs> I bet you faked them out. Then, as time went on and the technology of your offspring improved, you made yourself more and more mechanical until you finally became the perfect thinking machine you had originally glimpsed in the future. I paused. You have thought yourself back in time from more than a thousand years from now. Your analysis is <laughs> oh correct. Fucking God. fucking God. I am here from the year 3116. In a sense, I am your grandfather. I have all his memories, but I am much more than he ever was. Then why don't you pull the trigger? There is time, he said simply. Get it? There's time. Oh <laughs> You have another reason for delaying. You don't want to kill me. I assure you I will destroy you momentarily and that I will feel no discomfort when I do so. <laughs> I sneered. So you are the crowning achievement of humanity. A complex computer without a drop of humanity in it. What happened to your precious programming? How can you kill me? You're supposed to protect me. Technically, you're already dead. <laughs> That's true. I am under no obligation to keep you alive. See? <laughs> also, you have to be destroyed so that billions of humans will not suffer the future you are trying to recreate by killing Christopher Perry as a young man. You can kill one to save billions. The end justifies the means. I have already stated that technically you are already dead. It's the trolley problem. I glanced at Christopher. He was so close, so vulnerable, but I knew I would not be able to reach him before the robot cut me down. <laughs> I had ten times the strength of a normal human being, but I suspected the robot had ten times that. You're a robot. <laughs> the other robot. I know, but she's saying the robot like there aren't two robots there. I know. I was joking. I was not going to win by acting rashly. I gestured to Christopher. What are you going to do with him? I asked. He will wake up tomorrow morning in his own bed. He will remember everything that happened until the moment he blacked out. He will hear about your death when he calls your foster father here in the morning. The incident will disturb him for years to come, uh, but he will get on with his life and complete the work he was meant to do. Oops. Oh, what? Oh, geez. Hang if this on, fucking website goes down again. Fucking, are, yeah. <laughs> I have to know what happened. Oh, God. I'm going to okay. drive to the goddamn library. We had to borrow the book again. Uh, there we go. Okay. Let me zoom in. He was not meant to create a cyborg, I protested. He stole the information from the future to build it. He obtained the information for the good of humanity. <laughs> I had to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. The good of humanity? Give me a break. Your kind will wipe out humanity. How could you possibly justify your existence as being for people's benefit? I am unmoved by discussions of this kind. It will not prevent me from destroying you. Sarah once said to be human was to suffer. I forgot he was starchy. <laughs> <laughs> I am opposed to all suffering. I will answer your other questions. Why I am delaying shooting. I have qualities of humanity in my makeup. For example, I share your grandfather's curiosity. I'm so curious, like a cat. He was curious about all things. I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. You didn't want to ask them until I called you grandfather. That is correct. Why? 
Let us say you're calling me that stimulated my ancient curiosity. May I ask my questions now? Oh, he sure is her grandfather. This feels a lot like filler for no reason. Yeah. When I'm through answering them, you are going to shoot me? That is correct. I blinked. I should take my time answering them. Shoot. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> ask your questions. I did not add with that. Hilarious. That is how it is written in the book. Oh, what a funny robot. Why did Sarah put herself through pain and suffering to try to alter the future by going into the past to save the human race? But her saving the human race in the form she wished to save it in, the shitty form, would have caused more pain and suffering to more people. Um. What? 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 Wait, did you not borrow for one hour? Didn't, isn't that what we did? Was Are you it... logged in? Yeah, I was logged in. Oh, stand by. I'm going to take this moment to pee. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm going to fucking buy this book if it doesn't work. Okay, there we what go. The Thank God. Come on, open library. <sighs> they really don't want me to finish this book. I know. It's almost like they want there to be a sense of suspense that's <laughs> missing from the book, <laughs> but exists in the world. Um, Starchy? Who is Starchy? Oh, uh, do you ever watch Adventure Time? Yes. He was a little... Uh, he looks like a little meatball. He's like a little hush puppy. Okay, he's got yeah, like a hat mustache. On. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll wait for young Christopher. Oh, you don't, you don't no, don't let no. Won't no. he be no. won't he be no. confused about what's happening in the bunk? <laughs> he's already we're already confused. <laughs> None of this makes sense. No one hush puppies now. Oh jeez. So um is that your second question? Is that is that That's her, I think, right? That's her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Rayla. Oh All yeah. Right. Is that your second question? <laughs> it is a third. Okay. Just let me know when you're coming up on the last one. Oh, my God. My answer to you is, so what? <laughs> From my perspective and the perspective of most humans, it is better to be alive and suffering than not to exist. But we're not discussing non-existence. I exist. Humanity survives through us. But that's not my point. You are not human. By the year 3116, you will have destroyed the very things that make us human. You're a cyborg. You're no longer human. I am human. I have feelings. I have a soul. Even when you cut my spine and my brain from my body, I survived. I am Sarah. Damn you. I am not Rila. I'm Kilroy. <laughs> zero one zero zero one one zero one. You have the memories of Sarah, but Sarah killed herself. Once a human dies, he or she stays dead. That is a scientific fact. This book is full of scientific facts. Oh, like it, that's the scientific fact. That's one of the one of the first things they teach you if you go to science school is if something dies, it stays dead. Yeah, that that's is the real eternal fact. enemy. Yeah. Scientific yeah. facts. I felt beaten. Are you dead, grandfather? Yes. Then why don't you just shoot me and get it over with? I need to ask my last question. Once Sarah told her grand... I'm the Pepperidge Farm guy. <laughs> I really like it. Once Sarah told her grandfather, after he explained the origin of new life to her, that she believed not all suffering was bad, that good could come from it. I would like you to expand upon that comment. If I give you a really great answer, will you spare me? <laughs> no, but your answer will give me a certain satisfaction. Oh, my God. How do you know that? All your answers do. Page 157. <laughs> <laughs> I sighed. 
Sigh. I was capable of. I was capable of the gesture <laughs> of sighing. Of sighing. <sighs> Is it a gesture? <sighs> Exhaling breath. Is that the first time she's breathed this entire time? Right? All right. I will answer your question. I told my grandfather that if there was no suffering in the world, there would be no compassion. That is the comment in my databanks. Oh, please do continue. <laughs> my eyes were suddenly damp. Oil was leaking out of them. I understood what was in the black suitcase the robot had brought. It was human tissue to replace the artificial tissue I had in my body so that the police wouldn't become suspicious when an autopsy was performed on me. Why would she jump to that conclusion? I mean, I'm sure she's oh, right, wait. but why would you fucking go there? Hang on. Like, oh, it, I guess it's a skeleton your... and a bunch of organs in that suitcase, obviously. Yeah. Is your briefcase full of goo? Full of human <laughs> goo? Well, she's a super intelligent robot. Of course she would jump to that conclusion. Oh, my God. She what? has robot legs. She could jump really far. <laughs> yeah. That was the reason the robot had to mutilate me completely so that my true nature would not be uncovered. So he's just going to, like, empty a bunch of human goo on the ground and be like, yep, that's Sarah. But <laughs> yep, he'd have to enough. take her robot skeleton out of her <laughs> body. Are. Like, he'd have to replace her entire bone structure. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it at all. I told, it was human tissue. I love how vague that is. It's just yeah. like, I've got, I've got a briefcase full of human tissue. Uh, technically, it was a, lo- a bunch of dicks. Just a whole bunch of dicks. <laughs> you don't want to know where this came from. I told my grandfather that, I said. But I also wanted to tell him that I loved him. Sarah told me that many times. It him. is in your data banks. Yeah, I know. But your data banks are lacking in a few areas. I died before I could make it clear Is to my there grandfather. Any chance yeah. we could not do the robot voice? Sure. Because I don't know if I could do thirty more pages of hearing of robot a voice. robot voice. Yeah. <clears throat> I died before. I'll just do it right for the, everyone. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I died before I could make it clear to my grandfather that I forgave him for his mistake. Love can do that for humans. Uh, now that I'm talking about love, I feel less robotic. See, made it work. <laughs> But it also brings the most joy. It's canon. It's the can. It's canon. Can you understand that, grandfather? Even though I call you grandfather, like yeah. a fucking robot. I expect. I expected the robot to deny that he was my grandfather, but he didn't. He just stared at me. He still had the weapon pointed at my head, but something had changed in his robot eyes. Perhaps they were softer, warmer. He changed the uh, color temperature of them. Maybe it was my imagination. Are you going to destroy me now? I asked. Yes. He moved the weapon closer. Goodbye, Sarah. Someone knocked at the front door. Shit. (laughs) Chapter 15. Oh, my God. The robot paused. The person knocked again. May I answer it? I asked. Will you tell whoever is there who I am? I seriously doubt they would believe me if I did. Answer my question. (laughs) If I do tell them, what will you do? In all probability, I will have to destroy them as well as you. You can kill a living human being. I can kill it if it is necessary to stop the suffering of billions of other humans. It is simple math to you. (laughs) I hate this conversation. Yeah, it's worse than the last chapter somehow. (laughs) Yes. Will you tell whoever is there who I am? No, not if you're going to kill them. (laughs) He removed the weapon from my head and slipped it into his back pocket. 
You may answer the door after I have lifted Christopher onto the couch. You will act like I am a friend and that Christopher is sleeping. This is my old friend. Yeah, this is my very normal friend who who talks very normally like humans talk. Yeah. You will get rid of whoever is there as fast as possible without appearing strained. Do you understand? If I don't do oh, these... Do I have th- to read more? No, no, I'm not going to. Oh. If I don't do these things, it is more likely you will kill whoever is at the door. That is correct. I'll do what you say. May I get up now? Yes. The robot was fast on his feet. He had Christopher resting comfortably on the couch, his feet dangling near the VCR, which was still on the coffee table. Um, What? Fucking Chekhov's VCR. Oh, I mean, who claimed that he was going to hit him over the head with it? Yes. Uh, Yeah, that better fucking happen. Oh, man. And he'll be like, my circuits. Near the VCR, which was still on the coffee table before I could round my chair. He had removed the tape from the VCR, the one that chronicled my death, before I could open the door. <laughs> Hi, has the boogeyman come for you? Ed asked, <laughs> giggling beside Stacy on the front porch. Stacy's there. <laughs> Stacy's her, her friend. <laughs> they didn't look especially relieved to see me alive. I glanced at my watch. <laughs> it was only a quarter to ten. A lot had happened in the last few minutes, like me reliving my entire fucking life in the future. Well, I had re- I had relived an entire oh life. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! I thought you couldn't get off until ten. I said to Ed. Oh, sorry, wrong voice. I thought you couldn't get off until ten. I said to Ed. You sounded so upset. I just closed up. He said. Then I went to the Denny's, and you weren't there. You had me worried, Rayla. I have to tell you. I called Stacy and told her what was happening, and she thought we should come here. The two of us drove up together. Is that man really following you? Stacy asked. <laughs> yes, sort of. I glanced over at the robot. But it's a long story. I'm safe for now. Christopher's here. He's asleep on the couch. He's had a hard day. <laughs> Is this man a psycho or what? Stacy asked, sticking her nose farther in the door. Hey, who's that guy? I had to act natural. If I didn't, I had no doubt the robot would strike quickly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, fuck this book. <laughs> He turned out Just really an old quickly. friend. Did, did were, were you enjoying it before, Becca? No. <laughs> no. In in right. ways, I I was jumping the gun. <laughs> you, He's you, just stolen you, so much shit from other shit that it. I read this name and then I got mad. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> just an old friend. I said and forced to laugh. His name is Hal. Hal, like from two thousand one. She's mm-hmm. friends with every robot. Yeah. Um. Hal, come over here and I'll introduce you to Ed and Stacy. Let us come in, Ed said, barging past, I was about to say bragging past me, barging past me. It's chilly out here. He stuck his hand out to the robot. You're Hal. Pleased to meet you. The name's Edward, but everybody calls me Ed except my mother. I'm a friend of Rayla's. What does your mother call you? Shit fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And she throws her shoe. Shit fuck. I know it is vague. He's like, he leaves it open. You're, you're wondering, does the mother call him Edward or does she? Yeah. Why would Sweetie you introduce pie. yourself as Edward? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Why go through that whole situation, right. Ed? Right. Could you just say that my is name's true. Ed? He is long-winded. He is. That is a whole thing of the, of mentioning what your name is, but then saying what you want to be called. I think this maybe that name. has just... Don't call me that. Right, yeah. that, but that's just completely died out now. People just tell you what they want to be called now. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that we've gotten better at. And then you hope um, that people actually call you that name. Right. And, and if your name's Ed, they, they can theorize. Is this short for Theodore? Is this short for Edward? You know, there's different yeah. ways you can go. Um, Edmund. Um, the robot smiled warmly and shook Ed's hand. It's a pleasure to meet you, Ed, he said sincerely. 
Wow, where did you get those sweats? Stacy asked the robot. <laughs> Nordstrom's, the robot said. Nordstrom's. On sale. You're Stacy. The robot had not used contractions in his speech until Ed and Stacy entered the house. Oh, of course, there had been no reason for him to try and act human around me. The robot but, and Stacy shook hands and introduced themselves. Stacy was, was not human. as silly as she acted, as I've often said. He was human at one point, which is what I'm not understanding. Like why he was human and then became a robot and then started talking, you know, robotic, not using contractions. But he was human. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just keep fucking using contractions? I I, know. It's an economical way of speaking. There's no reason a robot wouldn't use contractions. Yeah. Yeah. A smart robot would be like, yeah, I'll save time and use some contractions. It was just a trick to trick audiences into thinking an actor was a robot. Ah. Dusty attacked Dusty. (laughs) Cat attack. Where are you from, Hal? She asked, and there was a suspicious note in her voice. After all, a strange man had supposedly been following her best friend. Now here was just such a man. It was a shame her concern could get her killed. It was a shame her concern could get her killed? I guess it was. No, it was a shame, shame her concern yeah. could get her killed by this oh, robot. I get you. I get you. See what you're saying. It was a shame that in this case... <laughs> Her concern could get her killed by the robot. Uh, <laughs> New York, the robot said smoothly. I am just New York. New uh, I am just York here for the City. evening. I am friends with Reverend Lindquist. Is that so? Stacy asked, giving me an inquisitive look. She was searching for signs of anxiety in me, and I was determined to show none. It was easier now that I knew I was a cyborg to control <laughs> such things. On the outside, at least. On the inside, my circuits were frying. Hal will be spending the night, I said smoothly. He just got here. I'd have liked to offer him Nailed the couch, <laughs> but I don't know what to do with this fella here. <laughs> I gestured to Christopher and giggled. <laughs> it was a, uh, I was a bit puzzled why the gas in the house wasn't getting to Stacy oh, right. and Ed as well, but then I remembered the robot had said it. it would dissipate quickly. Okay. I forgot that there was, yeah, like gas. Um... Knockout gas. The robot farted and it uh, knocked out Christopher. Mm-hmm. That tracks. I could only assume that Christopher had inhaled a fair dose of the gas and that it was still working on his nervous system. He just lay down b- before Hal got here and passed right out, I said. Weird how all this is talking is not waking him up, Ed observed. He's a heavy sleeper, I said. How do you know? Stacy wanted to know. It seems that way. I smiled. A girlfriend knows these things. Ew. That is your grandfather. I want to wake him, Stacy said, <laughs> stepping toward the couch. I Classic stepped her Stacey. past. Rayla, she asked. Why do you want to wake him? I asked. Let him sleep. I want to talk to him, she insisted. He's tired. Please, just leave him. You can see he's breathing comfortably. <laughs> He's not dead at all. Hey, there's that amazing machine I sold you. Ed broke in, pointing to the coffee table. Were you talking? Were you taking it somewhere, Rayla? <laughs> Say it the other way. Were you talking it somewhere? <laughs> were you talking it somewhere, Rayla? <laughs> yeah, over to Christopher's. Uh, I heard he can fix VCRs, Ed said. He can fix just about anything, I said, pointing to my crotch. You left your lethal weapon tape here, Stacy, Ed said. He had found it leaning against a magazine rack not far from the coffee table. He got all excited. Hey, 
I've got to show Rayla Mel Gibson's butt in slow motion. I can't believe that's the thing that's coming back in this book. John, they talked about Mel Gibson's slow motion butt a lot before. In the beginning of the book. Check I was out. just hoping a cassette tape of Lethal Weapon was like future camouflage for a ray gun. Yeah, something. That was know, just very on the nose. It's just about that tushy. I swear to you, Stacy, Rayla <laughs> only got the four heads because she wanted to enjoy dirty films to the max. <laughs> the max. <laughs> you should have seen her mouth watering when I described how she would be able to slow down the, oh, I'm sorry, Hal, I forgot you were standing there for a second. Please forgive us. We're just crazy California kids. You know, all we talk about is sex in the ozone layer. <laughs> all of that was in the book. I have nothing to add. Oh, my God. Hal smiled politely. Two important topics, to be sure. Hey, that's cool, Ed exclaimed. To be sure. Oh, my God. Ed's going to die. He, the phrase is cool? I hope Ed dies. He picked up the... <laughs> You wanted him to save the day before. <laughs> I know, but I think it'd be funny if he died. <laughs> he picked up the VCR along with the lethal weapon tape and took a step toward the TV. I'm sure you won't mind, Hal, if I plug this thing in quick and show Rayla the special features she spent her hard-earned cash to get. Ed, I said, beginning to feel desperate. The robot was giving me looks. He wanted them out of the house soon or else he was going to have to take matters into his own hands. Another time might be better. Hell, Ed said, already fiddling with the electrical cords at the back of the TV. There's a shot of this woman on the tape I can show Hal. Don't be so uptight, Rayla. He's from New York. They vote Democrat up there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is he talking about the topless girl at the beginning of Lethal Weapon? Uh, I guess. That's kind of a bummer. She's about to commit suicide, but look at yeah. those tits. She's naked for a couple seconds. Stacy still wasn't sure about Hal. What part of New York are you from? She asked him. Manhattan, the robot said. Flushing. I work in the computer industry for a small software firm called Comp Complete. We specialize in operating systems for old IBM mainframes that can't take the new operating systems, but whose operating efficiency can be improved by taking code from parts of the new and blending it with code from the old. I literally yawned while you were reading that sentence. <laughs> The firm has been in business approximately five years and has clients in Los Angeles. <laughs> I am primarily here on a business trip. Oh, Stacy said. He was so smooth. I watched as her suspicions visibly evaporated. I was thankful and I was crushed. I would be dead that much sooner. <laughs> Except for maybe Ed. He already had the VCR plugged in and was sticking in the tape. He was about to turn on the TV when the robot interrupted. To be honest, Ed, the robot said, I am tired from my travels and don't think I'm in the best state to enjoy a video right now. Would it be possible for us to watch it another time? I would like to retire for the evening shortly. Huh? Ed said, because he didn't speak old, the remote in his hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be fine. Hal is very tired, I said, stepping over to Ed. I took the remote from his hand and turned my back to the VCR, <laughs> shielding it from the rest of the room. The robot had removed the tape of the news from the machine. That was true, but I could feel the movie tape still in place. I had been hiding my robotic ring finger from Stacy and Ed simply by keeping oh, right. the fingers of my left hand clasped. Oh, right. Now, going by feel alone, I pulled the cable free that normally went into the TV and stuck my peeled Ooh. finger Ooh. into it. What? 
I remembered my late night excursions then. This was how I had been impressing the next day's news on the tapes. The robot was preoccupied what? with Ed. What? Ed was telling Hal about a prostitute he once met who was from New York. Uh, I pressed the power uh, button on the VCR with my right elbow. Uh, my right robotic elbow. <laughs> I began to record this story at high speed. Wait, hold on a second. What? Let me look at that again. Yeah. I So she was <laughs> like blacking out and getting up in the middle of the night and sticking her robot finger into the VCR. Yeah. It happened after she cut her finger. So maybe like It happened robot before bits. she cut her finger. The first the first time it happened was before the party when she cut her finger. Oh well. I, no, I don't know no. about before or after cutting her finger. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, that's a reveal, right? I mean, yeah, that ties so, together something. Yeah. Were you wondering about the nighttime excursions? Was that something we... Or no, was that I, they kind of explained it in the last chapter, but now they're being really specific <clears throat> yeah, where she... I mean, it didn't make any sense, and it still doesn't make a lot of sense. If, but I guess recording, I don't know, manipulating it from her robot finger makes more sense than... Her dreams made the VCR tape the future. Yeah. Right. Who are we to question how the mind of Dr. Christopher Pike works? He's a doctor now, We're by the no way. One. <laughs> I want to hear about this prostitute that uh, that her grandfather met in New York one time. Ed. Ed's story. Ed no, was, oh, Ed oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. Okay. Ed gets around. <clears throat> So wait, the story, oh, that, that, that's a tag on the last thing it said, recording at high speed, oh, the yeah. story oh, of Rayla yeah. and Sarah. At high speed. Uh, Stacy, Ed, I said, interrupting Ed's ravings, you guys go out and have fun. Uh, leave us sleepyheads alone. Is that what you want? Stacy asked, serious. Good friend. Ed glanced around at Christopher, sprawled on the couch, Hal standing perfectly still, and me leaning on the VCR and TV as if I were too tired to stand up on my own. That seems natural. <laughs> um, I think that's what they want, Ed said. It is, I agreed. Stacy came over and gave me a brief hug. I patted her with my, reef, my, my free right hand, or my reef right hand, as I was about to say. <laughs> right Stacy's eyes had never looked so kind. Call me the first thing in the morning, you hear, she said. I will, I promised. I kissed her on the cheek. You are my friend. <laughs> Stacy grinned and rolled her eyes like a fool. <laughs> you better believe it, babe. She kissed me quickly. <clears throat> Good night, Rayla. Good night to both we of you, I said. Several sadly. times on the lips. <laughs> Good wait. Good night to both. I said sadly. Good night to both of you. They bid Hal a fine evening and left through the front door. But Ed slammed the door as he left. The robot looked over at me. He began to pull out his ray gun. <laughs> I want that exaggerated. <laughs> that just feels like if you just took those two sentences, that would feel like the laziest sci-fi writing of all time. The robot looked over at me. He began to pull out his ray gun. But the noise had disturbed Christopher. Someone highlighted the word Christopher, maybe? There's or, a highlight that's been going through a few pages. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know what it was originally. Or maybe the on. word his. But I can't my wait for you to read this next sentence. Yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend, grandfather, <laughs> opened his my, eyes. My, my, my boyfriend, boyfriend, comma, grandfather. 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 <laughs> so is it almost like slash, like my boyfriend slash grandfather? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, my boyfriend, grandfather. My boyfriend, or as you might know it, grandfather, opened his eyes and looked around. Where am I? He asked. Chapter 16. The robot mo motioned for me to remain where I was. 
I had to if I wanted to stay plugged into the VCR and continue to record my story. So is she like using her eyes as like a camera? Is she just recording this? Well, no, I think she's uploading all her memories of everything like onto the that's tape. ever happened to her onto the tape. But it yeah. said recording something about Rayla and Sarah. So it sounds like oh. something that hasn't happened yet if she comes across whoever Sarah is. But well, I don't she's know. Sarah. She, she's cutting a or highlight she was reel. Sarah. Oh. Before she was oh, a robot. I don't fucking know. She's cutting a highlight reel. She's cutting, yeah, <laughs> she's cutting a, a, a sizzle reel of her yeah. life. <clears throat> um, in this very moment, I... It, oh, okay. In this very moment, I record this very moment. What? It, I Okay. I had to stay motionless if I wanted to stay plugged into the VCR and continue to record my story. In this very moment, I record this very moment. So she's the, she's caught said. up to the reality of the beginning uh, of the book. The book is what she's recording onto the VCR. And like I now guess. it's now it's in present tense oh, or future Jesus tense or whatever. Christ. I am fairly certain tape. I'll be dead in a few minutes. That's why I said what I did at the beginning. Only a minute passed as a cyborg only only a minute passed as cyborgs measure time. Um, but nothing is definite yet. I'm having a hard time reading this. If I can get my hands on Christopher and kill him, and I can break his neck as easily as if it were made of straw, <laughs> then the robot will cease to exist because Christopher will never become him. Okay. Ah, this is what I was asking about yeah. in the beginning. And if, and I will cease to exist because Christopher will never have my mother as a daughter and she will never have me as a daughter. Then the room will be empty, except for Christopher's dead body and <laughs> the news. The second news will be on TV tomorrow night as scheduled. Christopher sat up and looked around. Rayla? He mumbled groggily, but then his eyes fell on the robot and he sat up straighter. Who are you? He asked. The robot looked remarkably like an older version of Christopher in his f photograph. What photograph? But in person with his... Weird gray cat eyes. The resemblance faded. What? Look, he's got robot eyes. Uh, <laughs> it struck me then that my grandfather had spoken of meeting me, Sarah, when he was in high school. Yet when I was still human, still his granddaughter, he had not recognized me as the young woman he had known yes, as a kid. He definitely did. Okay, she just said he did. No, I'm, well. well. Okay, so <laughs> you I suppose, dumb idiot, Jonathan. <laughs> I suppose the cyborgs had not gone out of their way when they constructed my body to make me look identical to my stunning original. Although from my memories of Sarah, I knew a resemblance was still there. So she doesn't even look the same. So I had come back before, or maybe this was before. I fucking... <laughs> See, this is the problem I with time travel is you can get really no sloppy and, and just be like, it's time travel. I'm just going to read the words and not try to understand them because they don't make sense. Okay. Maybe it was just one big circle of time where cause and effect chase each other like cats after their own tails. But if that was so, I had already failed and couldn't win. Yet I had discussed that exact point with my grandfather. It was possible that simply the knowledge that one timeline of Rayla had failed could allow me to be victorious. In either case, I knew what I had to do. I had to kill Christopher. For mankind, I had to keep telling myself that. My name is Hal, the robot said smoothly. I'm a friend of Rayla's father. I'm from New York. She keeps saying that he speaks smoothly. 
I'm just picturing him being like, my name is Hal. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher looked at me. I'm a friend of her dad's. No doubt he was thinking about the strange man who had supposedly been chasing me. The situation was curious. I knew the robot didn't want to take overt action in front of Christopher because he wanted to affect the course of his life as little as possible. Frying my guts with a laser pistol a few feet away from the budding young scientist would not be at the top of the robot's agenda. I realized I could force a scene, but something made me wait. <clears throat> you understand what I say made instead of makes for the sake of continuity of form in my story. Oh my god. I am waiting now. Christopher is fidgeting on the couch. Oh my god. Is that true, Rayla? He asked. <laughs> yes, I said. Hal and my father have been friends for a long time. You don't need to stay. Hal will be spending the night. I'll be perfectly safe. But you were anxious to leave a minute ago, Christopher said. I overreact at times. Christopher frowned. Wait a second. I fainted. Did you see me faint? <laughs> Was it embarrassing? <laughs> yes, I said. You work too hard. You need to rest. You should go home to bed. Really, I'm okay. But I've never fainted in my life, Christopher said, slowly getting to his feet. I don't understand it. How long have you been here, Hal? I just arrived, the robot said. You were asleep on the couch. I didn't know that you had fainted. The robot sure could lie, I thought. But Christopher was staring at him, and I remembered how perceptive he could be. Because I love him so much. He had the sense that there was something different about Hal. What kind of work are you in, Hal? Christopher asked. I work in the computer industry for a small, small software firm called CompComplete. We specialize in operating systems for old IBM mainframes. You can't take the new operating systems, but whose operating efficiency <laughs> can be approved by taking code for parts of the new and blending the code for the old. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I think it is uh, The firm has been in business approximately five years and uh, has clients in Los Angeles. Uh, I am primarily here on a business trip. Yeah. How many more? I hope he says that more. <laughs> It was word for word the same answer oh. he had given Stacy. It seemed to put Christopher at ease as well. He smiled. You have the right name for being in the computer industry, he said. Christopher is referring to the computer in 2001, A Space Odyssey, I said. We know. I, I know the movie, the robot said. Hal went nuts and killed most of the human crew, I said, staring at the robot. He had lousy programming. That would never happen in real life, the robot said, staring back at me. He didn't know what I'd do next. Christopher took a step past the robot, moving closer to me. I continued to hang on to the VCR cord. I guess I should be going if you feel everything is, <clears throat> if you feel everything's all right, Christopher said. Everything's fine, I said. I'll see you at school tomorrow. Christopher grinned. Hopefully after school. You know you owe me a date. You stood me up on Tuesday. I'm sorry. Yes. I promise I'll make it up to you later. Christopher looked over at Hal, then back at me. Do you want to walk me out, Rayla? The robot shook his head faintly. There was still plenty of time left to throw my scene. But once more, I hesitated. Throw my scene. Uh, but once more, I hesitated because I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> Christopher only had to come five feet closer, I thought, and I'd be able to snap his neck. It's cold outside, I said. Why don't you just kiss me goodbye here? No. Or don't kiss. No, or you could not. My boldness surprised Christopher. Because he was my grandpa. <laughs> but he was obviously shy about kissing me in front of a stranger. I felt nothing incestuous. I felt nothing incestuous in the suggestion. The body I was in now had nothing to do with the body his daughter had given don't birth to. Don't you try to justify don't, this don't, shit. Don't, 
don't. <laughs> when you're including like, that, when you're whenever, really whenever you're related. including, a, you're trying to explain that you should just not. You know what I mean? Like whenever that's what oh, you're yeah. trying to. Oh, by the way, here's how it's not incest. By the way, it's, it's technically not technically, incest. Right, exactly. If one of you is a robot, technically it's not incest. John, this before is, you get grossed out, let me explain how technically this, this is, is not the incest. second Christopher Pike book we've ever read on the podcast. And this is also the second Christopher Pike book that has incest in it. Just letting I would that totally one hang lay out there. with a robot me. Would you do him? Would you make well, out no, with a robot you? It's a robot me, so neither of us would make the first move. <laughs> it, would, it would just be tension. Just tension? Just sexual tension. Because both but of us would be like, well, tension. normally they get frustrated enough and make the first move at this point, and he isn't. And it's like, oh, and then we would both say out loud at the same time, oh, and then we would both say it the first time, at, like at the same time, you're waiting for me to make the first move. And uh, it, would, it would be like a whole comedy of errors. And then, like on your, you're be celebrating like a month anniversary and thanking each other for not making the move. (laughs) (laughs) Where the fuck was I? Incest. Um, Yeah, right. So uh, only the brain and spinal cord were the same. The lips were different. (laughs) Brain being the same is enough. And That's con- another thing where it's like yeah. under the law, we all know that if it's just the brain and the spinal cord, okay, so this it's is not incest. Page 170 out of 180, we are at the um, apologizing, or not apologizing, um, excusing incest yeah. point in yeah. the book. Um, <clears throat> the body I was in now had nothing to do with the body his daughter had given birth to. Only the brain and spinal cord were the same. The lips were different. Plus, <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't going to kiss him. Was- well, then why try? Why fucking... <laughs> I was backpedal so hard about what's incest and what's not. Okay, I love this. Christopher Pike just put put that in here. This is amazing. Okay, plus I wasn't going to kiss him. I was going to rub his neck. I I was going to press my fingers deep between his cervicals until I heard a distinct snapping. So there's this whole paragraph where she was like, "She's like, don't worry, me kissing him isn't gross or weird or a big deal." Here's why. And also, by the way, I'm not even going to kiss him. I'm just going to fucking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like, start with that. You don't have to do the part where you're like, and also, by the way, even if I did kiss him. I'm not, not going like, to kiss him, but if I did, here's a bunch of reasons why it's not incest. She already, yeah, well, maybe, Christopher Pike, you know how you have like a sticky? He had like a sticky with this great paragraph about how kissing your grandfather is not incest. Yeah, and he was like, where can I fit that in? He was like, I finally, I finally no, can use that. No, it oh. isn't where can I fit that in. He started with that. And yeah. he was like, how can I make a whole book to lead to this He was like, what if the only same oh, parts of you are your brain and spinal cord? But everything else is different. Different lips. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same lips that are kissing him. It's fine. Silently, I began to weep inside. (laughs) Because I realized it was incest. (laughs) It was for everybody, I told myself. The whole planet. Christopher took a step closer. He was almost in range. I couldn't fail. I had sacrificed my life to succeed. Are you going to bed right away? He asked. Yes. I glanced at the robot. I'll sleep. It's been a while since I really rested. Christopher also threw the robot another look. He was obviously trying to give him a nonverbal suggestion that he wanted to be alone with me for a minute. But the robot, of course, wouldn't allow that. So when do you want to get together? Christopher asked me. Tomorrow. So like Gavin from Kids in the Hall. That's that's what I'm doing, yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, these kids from school. 
Um, <laughs> they smoke. <laughs> <laughs> what time? Any time is good. I uh, I added. Any time with you is good. Uh, uh, okay. Uh. Christopher, Kill him. Christopher took another step closer. <laughs> he. <laughs> He was Kill cl- him. Kill Destroy. Him. He was close enough to grab now. Behind Christopher, on my right, the robot put his hand in his back pocket. My body shielded my left hand from the robot. My right hand was free. If I lashed Wait, out with it. <laughs> the robot put his hand oh, in his, in his back, back pocket. pocket to get his phaser. Okay. Uh, if I lashed out with it with a single karate chop to the neck would crush Christopher's spinal cord. I can't remember. When did she discover she had super strength? <laughs> when she remembered all of it. Is she just, she, like, remembering think, she has super strength, but she hasn't really done anything Yeah, she hasn't it tried yet? it. Okay. I think she's just like, I she's could. She's trusting her memory is to karate chop someone's neck. I bet neck. I could karate chop his neck until he's okay. dead. Is I want a whole montage of her going to carnival games and betting on whether she can win every yeah. carnival game. There should have been a scene in the book where she did something, and it was like, fuck, Like, how could you be strong? so strong? Right, right. Yeah. She there wasn't like, anything we, like that. She's just been talking about how she can crush people's spinal columns yeah. and shit like well, that. Well, we had her cutting. It started her, this chapter. <laughs> we had a scene of her cutting her finger like to what she thought was the bone, and to then the not really reacting. Yeah. Um, and then going to Blockbuster. Uh, he would die instantly. There would be no pain for him. I could give back humanity's pain. <laughs> I could give back their life by taking just this one life, but I couldn't do it. I felt my eyes moisten. Some cyborg. I couldn't find the switch to turn off the tears. <laughs> it's probably because she's a lady cyborg. Oh, God. I built extra tears into those. <laughs> Christopher put his left hand on my shoulder. What's the matter? He asked, worried. Behind Christopher, the robot withdrew his ray gun. Hold on, I got distracted by that yellow blob. Uh, ray gun, and put it at my head. But he was a few feet away. I had Christopher practically in my hands. It would be a test of reflexes, but I believed I could win. At the very least, I could pull Christopher into the line of fire. (laughs) But I loved him, my grandfather. I had treated him with scorn for what he had done, but I had never stopped looking up to him. I just, I couldn't do it. I had to do it. I just hate to see you go, I said, taking his hand with my free hand. My tears were flowing now. I was the one bawling, but Christopher's hand felt so fragile in mine. It was only flesh and blood. It could suffer pain. I was not supposed to know pain anymore, yet it was all I knew in that moment. Then I knew what I had told the robot was true. I was human. I had survived. My soul, it was real. Christopher touched my face. But I will see you tomorrow, Rayla. Sarah. (laughs) What? My real name is Sarah. (laughs) Why have you been going by Rayla? <laughs> I grinned like <laughs> I grin. See, you've been doing the kids in the hall character. I've just been doing straight up neuroatypical. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I grinned like a silly, sad fool. <laughs> it's a long story. Maybe sometime I can tell you. But call me Sarah. Say goodbye, Sarah. You're a great girl. <laughs> That's so fucking gross. You're a dynamite <laughs> gal. <laughs> That's fucking gross that is. <clears throat> Call, call You're great, <laughs> he told me, and he hugged that me. That is not what she asked, you idiot. T- tell me you're proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I snuggled my head into his shoulder, gross, and watched as the robot lowered his weapon. He knew I could now. Uh, 
He knew I could now do to Christopher what I wished, and he would not be able to stop me. I held on to Christopher with my free hand, but I didn't touch him with the other. I ran my hand up his spine to his neck, my fingers pressed into his skin there, and he seemed to sigh. He was tense, and I knew I could relax him permanently. Or he was uncomfortable being touched. You know, did we ever think of that? That maybe he just doesn't like being touched? But once more, I couldn't do it. I had killed myself, but I could not kill another. It wasn't because of some cyborg programming. It was just me. I wasn't strong enough. I love you. I whispered in his ear. The human race would die because of my love. He squeezed me tighter. I love you, he said. But more as like a response and not because he meant it. Then he let me go and brushed a tear off my cheek. You take care of yourself, Sarah, he said. I let him go. I will. I promised. We'll have fun tomorrow night. It will be wonderful, I patted his shoulder. Remember, he was puzzled. Remember what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember the butterflies of the trees. What? He grinned at my sentimentality. What? what? I think it's a callback to something that I don't she remember. Said to her grandfather. In that last, last section we read that I oh, was probably. <laughs> Remember the butterflies in the trees. He grinned at my sentimentality and Sarah. I smiled. Most of all, Sarah. I swallowed. Oh Goodbye. Goodbye. He said. Someone die. Christopher said so long to the robot and left the house. I watched him go. I watched the bright flame of the future leave to burn a scar across the path of human destiny. Jesus wow. Christ. Wow. Christopher's fucking wife. Please, John, reread that sentence again. Anybody have a mic to drop? We have them all around us. I watched him go. I watched the bright flame of the future. I watched the bright flame of the future leave to burn a scar across the path of human destiny. God damn, that's good shit. Now that's the kind of line that Christopher Pike wrote, did control save, and then just like shotgun cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> like I fucking did it. And they fucked a spinal column and a brain. And said, See, this, this isn't my grandmother. Um <laughs> You could have killed him, the robot said when we were alone. Yes. That was your purpose in coming back. Yes. Why did you not try to complete your mission? Because I have something inside me greater than anything you have. I stared at the robot. The future you come from is nothing. We are highly advanced. We want for nothing. Because you have nothing. I have no more questions for you. He took the weapon from his pocket. I feel like he's taken the weapon from his pocket like 17 times. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know like that what? he's put it back. Did he put it back because Chris like feels. Like he, he, like he practices a lot in the it, mirror. It's like a hip flask, like it's yeah. butt shaped. And he's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, he just likes the feel of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a fidget spinner. Yeah. Uh, it will be better if you move away from the TV. You think you've won, I said. I have won. You've lost. Or you have lost. You will be destroyed now. He'll remember me. What? That is understood. Remember oh, that's me. the name of the other book. <laughs> oh, there's another book? Well, there's the another Christopher Pipe book that we read on the, the podcast. Yeah. was titled oh, okay. Remember Me. Uh, so this is like the, the little, little self-reference. I think Remember, He'll remember Me was, me. was first. <laughs> that is understood. Talk about who went to the bathroom. <laughs> I remember you, but you don't know me. He knows me. It will make no difference. New life will happen. 
I didn't have time to sit and peer into the future, although I had the ability to do so. I just wanted you to know. But a feeling suddenly swept over me from seemingly nowhere. It sweeps over me now. I don't know exactly what it is, but there is hope in it. Not hope for today or tomorrow or even a thousand years from now, but hope nevertheless that life will go on and find something greater than a mechanized grave. What? In a sense, I want the same thing that my grandfather wanted, that people should not suffer. Yet I am not like him. He remade himself so that he could live for eternity. Yet he never defeated the eternal enemy. <gasps> no, no, not the cyborgs or the robots. The enemy is fear, simple fear. The eternal enemy is fear. The fifth element is love, and the, <laughs> the eternal, eternal enemy, enemy is fear. <laughs> Grandfather and we are the walking dead. Was <laughs> uh, and I am Spartacus. Grandfather exactly. <laughs> was always afraid of suffering. I am not afraid. I want something more for people. I want them to be happy, and I believe our suffering as a race can eventually bring us to a place of great wonder. For all I have suffered since I came Wendor. back in time, I have been happy to be alive. It will make a big difference, I whisper. The robot shakes his weapon. Move! <laughs> Everybody I, shakes their weapon. <laughs> move! I have died before. No one should mourn this, my second death. I begin to remove my finger from the VCR cable. Oh, God, it's been there the whole time. <laughs> Where do you... Uh, <clears throat> Where do you wish me to stand? I ask the robot. Okay, good point, Becca. Imagine how, if you, if you were to like dramatize this, imagine how static that scene was. She, she yes. was standing in one spot with her finger in the back of a She's VCR like, the whole time. that long, weird hug with Christopher, but just also like plugged into <laughs> right. a fucking well, And there's a guy across the room hand. like putting a gun, like a gun in his pocket, taking it out. That's the karate shop, her boyfriend, grandfather. <laughs> they're, both, they're, both acting, they're both acting like non-playable non -playable characters in a video game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the main problem with adaptation of a book is like, how do you get that inner monologue in a scene that yeah. in reality took three seconds? Right, but right. In their head took a fucking hour and a half. And also the flip of that is when you're doing a book, like you sometimes you if you lose track of a character and don't say what they're doing, you, then you are later reminded, oh, they're still standing in this fucking room. It's like you realize there's been like two or three characters just kind of milling about a room for the last you know yeah. 10 pages or something. That, that's why it's easier to adapt older books where they really don't get into what the character's thinking at all. Like yeah. Lord of the Rings. He spent most of the time talking about trees. Didn't talk about what a single character was thinking at all in across four books. <laughs> you have no idea what any of them are thinking. That sounds terrible, actually, when you describe it that way. But I haven't Those read it. Those books are boring, so. and I'm a nerd, and I admit that. That's fine. Okay, so we're at the epilogue. Uh, <laughs> we're at the epilogue now. Yep. So uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rayla had been dead a month when her foster father came over to Christopher's house with the VCR under his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole, yes. not the tape, the whole fucking VCR. The whole VCR. Take it, I don't want at the, it. At the time, Christopher was alone, working in his bedroom on a program that he believed would boost the sensitivity of his biofeedback machine twofold. Sorry, hang on. I got to interrupt for one second. Mm -hmm. So, so he killed her and then dumped a bunch of human goo on the ground, like taking her robot parts with him. So 
the fucking poor old Reverend Spencer Lindquist came home to find his adopted foster daughter in like in just like blood and gore on the ground. That's oh, yeah. so fucked up. Well, it's not the first time. That's what? Well, it's happened like a bunch of times. He just always brings in girls. They end up getting murdered. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, it's just, just, it's just Wednesday it. for him. God. That's going to like, that's going to mess him up for the rest of his entire life. Uh, biofeedback machine. He heard the knock, though, and met Rayla's father at the door and invited him inside. The minister sat on the sofa, resting the VCR on his lap, and Christopher sat on a nearby chair. He offered Rayla's father something to drink, but the man said he was fine. Why aren't we using his name? Wait, right? We know his name. I don't have a lot of time to spare, the man, Spencer, said. But I wanted to stop by and say hi. We haven't talked since the funeral. I haven't talked to many people since the funeral, Christopher said. Reverend Lindquist nodded sympathetically. Nor have I. But I have others to care for, and as they say, life goes on. I'm already over that bitch. Yeah. I don't know about you. Easy come, easy go, am I right? Yeah. He coughed suddenly as if he didn't truly believe his words all. (laughs) He removed a handkerchief from his pocket and dabbed his forehead before continuing. I just got to figure out uh, who's talking. Okay. It's hard to imagine she's gone. (laughs) I wake up in the morning and keep expecting to see her at the table eating her Cheerios. (laughs) She loved Cheerios in the morning with lots of milk on them. He shrugged. <laughs> but she's never there, you know, because she's dead. I, I don't know why her, that was funny to me. Lots said. of milk on them. <laughs> I guess I think of the Cheerios as in the milk anyway. <clears throat> no, they sit at the I, bottom. <laughs> with milk <laughs> on top. <laughs> a nice layer of milk on top. <laughs> I like to buy those extra dense Cheerios. <laughs> I miss her, Christopher said. Reverend Lindquist studied him closely with his reverend eyes. I see that. You only knew her a short time, but she got to you too, didn't she? You she all only knew her a girl. short time. You <laughs> knew her the same <laughs> amount of time. Like, three months. Three months. <laughs> she was a remarkable girl. There was something different about her. Almost reminds me of an old show in the 80s called Small Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> about a robot girl. Maybe she was a robot. <laughs> I only wish I had known her better, Christopher said. He didn't know what else you to say. You will. Words did nothing to soothe his grief. It had not eased during the past month. It had only gotten worse. He doubted it would ever truly be gone. I'm sorry, the minister said. I'm intruding on your pain. When I... His words, tra- his words trailed off and his eyes moistened. He lowered his head. It's just that I have so much myself. I guess I want to share it. Christopher leaned forward and touched the man on the knee like normal people do, I guess. I don't, I would never do that. <laughs> touched him on the knee. <laughs> a high. Knee touch. Don't apologize. Touch. She loved you a great deal. Anytime you want to talk to her, please come over, but also About don't. About her. Yeah. He looked up. Did you know I was only her foster father? Yes, she told me. I only knew her three months. Yeah, we all did. Which is insane. I didn't realize it was that short a time. Reverend Lindquist nodded. Three months. She was like a shooting star in my life. Bright, beautiful, and then gone so quickly. She took $500 from me. (laughs) The police still don't know anything? Rayla's father shook his head sadly. Nothing. Your description of that man, Hal, has led them nowhere. What what happened to all of her money? Did she leave him twenty grand 
Is that money oh, just like sitting somewhere? She yeah, could, did she have a bank account? She couldn't have. She's only three months she's old. She's only three months old. Security number. There should be a duffel bag full of twenty grand in cash in his house that, like, he comes home and finds goo, and then she's like, "We have three pages left. Maybe we'll get there." Oh my god. So, so what? What? what where did the twenty thousand come from? Maybe I missed that. Uh, Vegas. <clears throat> when she went to Vegas. Oh, from, oh, from all the from from the, the one from time the Biff Tannen gamble, from the yeah. yeah. All right. <clears throat> he stopped himself before he was taken over by his sorrow. He patted the VCR. The main reason I came by was to give you this. Rayla brought it, bought it just before she died. He set it on the sofa beside him. I never watched tapes myself. I thought she'd want you to have it. Too much work. That's very kind of you, Christopher said. <laughs> Reverend Linquist spoke suddenly. Rayla had $21,000 in her chest of drawers. Oh, there you go. Yes. Oh, I'm Christopher so glad. sat up with a start. Christopher really? Peck knows what he's doing. All right. <laughs> do, do you know where she got it? No. Did you tell the police? Yes. The man shrugged. I'm a reverend. Yes, I'm a reverend. That's what we do. We call the cops. <laughs> it didn't help. They told me to keep it, and then they shot three black people. <laughs> I plan to give it to the mission. I don't think... He added... What? <laughs> it just seems unlikely that the cops would... Not investigate oh, that I any further. I feel like further. the cops would be like, ah, it's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Uh, where was I? Uh, uh, I plan to give it to them. I plan to give it to the mission, he added. If that's okay with you. I don't want any money, it's Christopher said. His money. I, right? I thought as much. There we go. The older man said, the older man stood. I th- he does like to refer to people as like the old man, the robot. You know, like he doesn't yeah. want to use character yeah, we, names. Uh, yeah, we're reason. at the end of the fucking book and we know all of their names. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I'd better be going. I have to be at the mission in half an hour. Did you know that's where I met Rayla? I didn't know that either. A man brought her in from the street. She only had on a green hospital gown. Can you imagine? She was wandering around in a daze. We never did find her real family. He dabbed at his face again with his handkerchief. I'm certainly not trying to find them now. <laughs> Story over. <laughs> now that she's goo in the ground. Now, now that this book is goo ending. In goo in the ground. <laughs> and she's just goo. You are good to her. We could fit her into a pizza box. Ew. The, the man's hurt was like an open wound. I should have taken better care of her. It wasn't your fault. It happened. What can you do? I like how everyone's just like absolving what? themselves yeah. of any sadness here. <laughs> it's like, you're right, we should all feel great. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Linquist shook his head. I'm the minister here. I should be saying those things. <laughs> he, pat- <laughs> he patted Christopher on the back. I oh. bet it was a good back pat. It's like a, like, not too soft, but not too hard. L- l- like just a perfect back like a perfect pat. little back pat. Like oh. a backpack that actually makes you feel nice instead of just like, why are you hitting me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope to see you again soon, young man. Enjoy the VCR. Rayla had to save to buy it, and I still don't think she paid it off, even with that $21,000 I found. <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> Christopher didn't tell the minister Rayla's correct name. Let her father remember her as he knew her. He thought, I might use it today, he said. Christopher had not really meant he'd use it. He had a VCR of his own, and it was a better one than Rayla's, that piece of shit. (laughs) How many heads did it have? His had eight heads. (gasps) What a brat. What a humble brat. He installed four of the heads himself. But when the minister was gone, Christopher carried the VCR into his bedroom and made love to it. (laughs) 
He set it on his desk. You laugh so hard at your own joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best laugh there is. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, I was proud about it, and I didn't care if anyone else noticed. On impulse, he plugged it into his TV. He noticed there was a tape already in the machine. The first lethal weapon are back to this. He had no desire to see the movie again, but rewound the tape as a matter of habit. He was turning back to his program for his biofeedback machine when he accidentally bumped the VCR play button with his elbow. Maybe it was fate. (laughs) Dumb. Rayla's face sprang onto the screen. Sarah, she was talking. She was in the middle of telling a story. No, she was in the middle of telling her story. Her story. He could see on tape. He could see her on the tape, doing the things she was describing in full living color. He didn't understand how this could be. He had never seen a tape before so rich in definition. It was 1993, after all. Right. And her voice. It sounded as if she were right there in the room with him. Christopher it had Hitch- to be 640 pixels by <laughs> 480 pixels at least. <laughs> Christopher hit the stop button and hastily rewound the tape to start at the beginning. I was just a normal teenage girl. I loved beautiful clothes and loud music, long telephone conversations, and sleepy summer evenings. Oh my fucking god. This is how the book started, John. Is, I was about to say, is that the beginning of the, the beginning book? the beginning of the book, John. The, it, listeners should know there are italics at this point to tell us. Like It's like the wavy uh, you know, image of, of uh, in a picture that's telling you it's a flashback. Most of all, I loved cookies and boys. My favorite cookies were chocolate chip with milk. You've got to have milk to have cookies. That's what I've always said. Now, Becca, start reading the page. Stop just talking about (laughs) your preferences. I thought you wanted to get to know me a little more. I'm trying to share my truth with you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't have have been so rude. Your your truth is that you love cookies. (laughs) It's time I stop hiding it. Oh, shit. (laughs) My favorite boys. Well, actually, I had only one favorite boy. His name was Christopher. Becca, I said. (laughs) He's my favorite. If you wouldn't interrupt me, maybe you'd make it to the list. But Christopher's my favorite. (laughs) My name is Rayla, dot, dot, dot. Oh, fuck. Christopher finished watching the tape two hours later. That's all it took? Jesus. I was thinking that sounds long as shit. She really blew through her life. (laughs) He scooted back from his desk and turned off. probably wasn't a bunch of drunk assholes interrupting the tape. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like chapter 13 was two straight hours. (laughs) Uh, He turned off both the TV and the VCR. Night had fallen by then, but he left the light off. He often thought best sitting alone in the dark. He believed the tape was accurate. The fact that it existed was proof enough. Also, he wasted no time wrestling with the wonder of it. He had been dreaming about the origin of the universe since he was ten. He wasn't surprised that it was his fate to one day discover it. He had always known he was a man of destiny. Density. (laughs) He's full of himself You are my density He's a man of density (laughs) But what did he know? What was he supposed to learn in the years to come? It appeared an immensity Yet he had been struck while watching the tape By how much better Rayla had understood What was important in life than her grandfather That man comprehended the universe She knew people He might be the new Einstein She had been She would be special I knew her, he thought. I will know her. And she was right at the end. 
I already see her in a light her grandfather never did. I will remember her if she wanted me to, and perhaps the circle of mankind's time will be healed. Take us home, Becca. He was grateful the tape had stopped before she died. He hadn't liked the robot. (laughs) I will never become that thing, Christopher said with bitterness in his voice, but also with resolve. Never. Look for Christopher Christopher Pikes, the immortal, coming in July 1993. Well, I mean, that's the next one we're reading, right? (laughs) The immortal. Can I I read the about the author? Stop reading them. Yes, yes, you may. About the author, Christopher Pike was born in Brooklyn, New York, but grew up in Los Angeles, where he lives to this day. Prior to becoming a writer, he worked in a factory, painted houses, and programmed computers. So he fucking is Christopher grandfather boyfriend. (laughs) His hobbies include astronomy, meditating, running, playing with his nieces and nephews, and making sure his books are prominently displayed in local bookstores. Making sure. Oh boy, he's that kind of guy. Does like he go in and just move just like, them to the window? It's not just like, that guy. He mentions it in his bio. Yeah, I feel like he like walks into local bookstores and he's like, ah, where is it? Where yeah. is it? Yeah. Just ca- Eternal Enemy just came out. We're in the fucking window. I'm Christopher Pike. He is the author of Last Act, Spellbound, Give Me a Kiss, Remember Me, Scavenger Whoa, remember Hunt, me. Final Friends 1, 2, and 3. I love, Final Friends. Well, I want to read Give Me a Kiss. Make a note about Final Friends because it's yeah. 1, 2, and 3. No, yeah. we're not reading. Th- no, remember we. Fall into Darkness, See You Later, Witch, Die Softly. <laughs> Make a note about Die Softly. Barry the prequel McGee, to Die Hard. Whisper of Death. Chain Letter 2, The Ancient Evil. So did he not write Chain Letter 1? He did, but it wasn't good enough to list on here. <laughs> Master of Murder, Monster, Road to Nowhere, and The Eternal Enemy. All available for Archway paperbacks. Slumber Party, we- Weekend, Chain Letter, oh, The Season go. of Passage, and Sati, an adult novel about a very unusual <laughs> lady. Also by Mr. Pike. So wait. Chain Letter 1. <laughs> is also by Christopher it's Pike. It's probably not from Archway Paperbacks. Yes, that might be why yeah, they mentioned okay. it separately. Different publisher. But I also yeah. love the season of Tell Passage me more about Sati. Sati. I know. An adult novel about a very unusual it's full. Lady. It's got to be full of fucking, like hardcore fucking. What if it's just the crying game? <laughs> about a very unusual But Chris, unusual here's the thing lady. about... Here's You'll the never thing, guess what her secret is. Here's the thing about Final Friends 1, 2, and 3. Remember when we read Remember Me? And we were like, holy shit, there are three Remember Me's. We got to read all of them. And then by the time we got to the end of it, we are like, we're never going to fucking ever touch Remember <laughs> uh, Me 2 yeah. and 3. We can't no, commit like if, to a... No, we're well, not committing well, to a trilogy. <laughs> We thought about it, and then we looked up the synopses of the future ones, and they had nothing to do with the detective, which was the only character we liked. And we were like, yeah, fuck this. Honestly, Give Me a Kiss is my top pick, because what the fuck is that title? (laughs) Give Uh, Me a Kiss. I'm intrigued by Die Softly. I'm also intrigued by, like, The Immortal or whatever the fuck it was. Look, I'll read every, like, we put them all in a hat and draw one blindly. Just kidding. We'll find one that's on open library. Well, I have a list. <laughs> I, I had that list yes. with some synopses. Uh, I think Chain Letter was one that I was interested in reading. Alfie, what are you doing? I, I uh, have a theory. He wanted to be a serious sci-fi author <laughs> and then realized there was money in young adult novels. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm going to try to shoehorn some big ideas into these novels. And then they got edited to hell. Maybe it's not his fault that they're so fucking weird 
Oh yeah, you chain think somebody edited in all the incest. <laughs> yeah, maybe, oh, maybe that was the editor's agenda. So, I don't know. Oh yeah, all of those are on our list. Yeah, uh, we we had come up with a list before, and we'll, we'll so we'll revisit this, you know, uh, eventually sooner than later. So, out of the four Christopher Pike books that we had just like initially chosen that we have access to to read. Uh, aside from the Eternal Enemy, we have Chain Letter, Die Softly, and Whisper of Death. So, we'll probably pick one of those uh, three to be our next Christopher Pike book. But our next book, uh, the next book we read on this show, will definitely be uh, a palate cleanser, something something very different than Christopher Pike. Although, we're gonna head back to Pikeland. <laughs> Pikeland in Pikeland. very soon. <laughs> Pikeland is great. <laughs> John, what did you think? Um, you know, I mean, I I thought it was I, by the time it was narrowing down, it's like I could see we were going into this time paradox mm-hmm. robot thing. So I do think Terminator is definitely like the touchstone for this book in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it, yeah. it it's playing with the similar stuff as that series. But um, I don't know if I had an expectation. I feel like I have some pre-existing. Didn't we? Didn't I help on another Pike book, or am I imagining that? You probably read some of Remember Me with us. Which yeah, was maybe the, I did. Which, that was the ghost girl one, where she dies okay, that, that in the beginning familiar. and then spends the whole book as a ghost, like, with a ghost boyfriend. Following around an alcoholic detective. Just trying to figure out who killed her, yeah. And they have to, like, hitch the ride in the back of pickups, because they can't just fly to can't just fly, I forgot. I forgot they had to, like, get transportation as ghosts. Oh, fuck, that was funny. <laughs> that was so good. Like, the guy's got big ideas. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I'm what I was going to say, is it seems like he's, like, a... There's, like, a hat-on-a-hat thing going on with both of those books, yeah. where it's, like, it's not just a ghost thing, it's a ghost thing plus all this other stuff. And it's, yeah. like, this is not just, uh, you know, time travel robot stuff, but there's also incest, and there's also some kind of, like, uh, videotape memory thing. I mean, you know, like, definitely there's Most a, of this book There's was, a lot going on. Most of the book was the magic VCR. Like, I'm not even kidding. I would say, like, at least 80% of this book was yeah. a VCR that tells the future. And, and then it, was, it turns out the VCR wasn't important at it's all. It's just a fucking VCR. Until right. the very end, which actually at the very end, the That's VCR true. was very important. Very important. It prevented a horrible future. Changed the course of history. I can't believe she got, like, exploded with a ray gun. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the guy's a fucking genius. It's I, the only, I don't fucking know. It's the only book I think I've ever read any part of where the climax... <laughs> The hero was spent with their finger in a VCR. I really don't think that I've read another book where that happens. So that's, that's neat. You, know? you don't that's see it very you, often. No, you don't see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, I mean, maybe people who are more worldly than me and who read uh, more books are more familiar with that kind of idea. Yeah. But for me, that's, the, that's a first. John, did you watch any of The Midnight Club on Netflix? No, no, okay. I did. I like I like Mike Flanagan's stuff, yeah. and I for whatever reason didn't didn't catch that one. Yeah, one of the so. episodes is the Eternal Enemy. Oh, it is. So, so the Midnight and Club. Is, every episode is an adaptation of a Christopher Pike book. Like, so the whole show is actually it's a Christopher Pike show. I had no fucking idea. Uh, we found that out while we were reading this book, and we haven't seen any of the show either. So, like. After, I am now desperate to watch that episode. Yeah, we got to after Saturday. We, after we, we watch, get fucked up. <laughs> <watch the> <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to watch that episode. We got to watch the new Mandalorian, and then we got to watch uh, Christopher Pike show. Because I am also like, I'm desperate to see specifically that episode with the magic BCR. I wonder if there's incest in it. 
Like, I wonder if they My include God. any of that or if they just lean into the VCR thing. Yeah. If I feel yeah. like they definitely sent, I bet if there's one thing they took out, it's the incest. <laughs> Only right. watch that episode, though, because we don't want to spoil further other books. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like true. Works. Yeah. I don't want to watch the whole or thing. And then we start. Like. And then we start reading. Give me a kiss. And I'm like, oh, I know what happens. The bard of our time. My list. Christopher Pike. It's probably not good. We should look it up, though. All right. Uh, well, that was that was it for us reading The Eternal Enemy. This was, God damn, this was a banger. This was such a good one. I yeah, had, it, it, it had everything. <laughs> it, it had teenage lust, incest. I can tell you the cover of Gimme a Kiss Ooh, was please. not even close to being what I imagined. <laughs> yeah. It had robots, time The travel. cover of this book was nowhere what I thought it was going to be. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> So the, okay, both of you, start with Chris. What do you think the cover of Gimme a Kiss looks like? Um, I imagine it would be like this book, uh, a very out of context image that makes total sense when you finish no, the give, book. You, no, you gotta be specific. I'm telling you to. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say it's some sort of person. There is a person. Having, You're correct having so far. like a come hither. Mm -hmm. attitude towards mm -hmm. what I assume is the main character, but there's a nature about the person with the come hither attitude, the way that, like, there's something more to them. Okay. Okay. John, what do you think the cover of Gimme a Kiss looks like? I was going to say something similar, but I was thinking, like, maybe that there is no other character that the, that the, 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 it's like looking out at the viewer, you know, whoever's looking at the cover is, is locking eyes with the, with the otherwise, like, as Chris said, he was saying, like, creepy or, I, I think it should be, yeah, like an old person or a really gross person. Mm -hmm. And the words, give me a kiss, then on top of that are sort of, you know, like, I, I the, I, the reader, okay. and being invited to kiss the ghoul. I'm going to share my cover. screen so you guys can see what the cover of Give Me a Kiss looks like. All right. I'm so excited to look at this. All right. Here we go. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that's not. What oh, and I a person thought. who's like out at sea in front of a boat. Is, I should have said. It's a young woman drowning in the ocean in front of a giant boat. It looks like it's about well, to run her down. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, there's no way she survives that. Like that yeah. is that is coming fast, is and she's right in her? front of it. The, she is right is the in front boat of like, it. Like, give me a kiss. Well, no, hold on. It, it, it is a young woman who looks like she's standing on a platform in the ocean. Yeah, where she's above the waves. Leading to the side. Everything yeah. from like the armpits up looks completely dry. Yeah, her hair is oh, not yeah. wet at all. Uh, in front of a, clearly a uh, some sort of sailboat. Yeah, it's that's like a about big, to run her it's like over. a schooner. Yeah. Holy and uh, it says, give me a kiss. The sweetest words of love are often the deadliest. Oh, my God. I love. God damn it. Oh, I wait. Love... Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Look at that other cover. Look, like, uh, move your cursor to the left and then down. This one? No, yeah, no, there's no, another uh, kind no, of. No, 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 over one? two. No. Uh, to the right. All the way over to, to the, right. the right. Oh. That one. Oh. Well, What's there's, going on there's there? still water. <laughs> so there's a water she, theme. Her hair's wet, at least. And she's in the. Yeah. This one's on Kindle. But her that one's on Kindle? On top of her head. Eight bucks. Nice. And look, and here's another like a, one. This looks like a that, swashbuckling one. Yeah, I was about to say, that's that one like looks a, like a, a, a sequel to Jewel of the Nile. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> or like Alan Quartermain or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, see, the thing I really love about reading 
I'm I'm happy that that one's on Kindle, and I hope we can find more on Kindle just so we have like a fallback. But the thing I I adore about reading the ones on Open Library is that they are the, the original books scans. that have been scanned, and I'm, and it's not just that you get that feel of like reading an old book and it's all yellow and shit. It's that sometimes they update these books. So like if these books have been out since like the 80s or 90s, they'll reissue them in like the 2000s and they'll change a bunch of shit. Because we found that out with Sweet Valley High. Like they changed a ton of references in Sweet Valley High to make them um, like current. Like oh. they, they, they literally like they would rewrite parts of Sweet Valley High. So like whatever they were wearing would make more sense if you were reading it in like 2005 instead of 1983. And they would like change like the names of bands that people talked about so that it wasn't like that makes it, sense. so that you could get like a you know a young person to read it and not be like ew this is something my my grandma read or whatever or even just I don't know what the hell that means therefore this is completely yeah. wasted on me yeah and Goosebumps well, John uh, you were the one that sent me the article about Goosebumps that apparently yeah. they they edited those and they took out a bunch of <laughs> problematic language which is good that yeah. is good but we are specifically reading stuff you know, from the time, from that time period. I don't want to read some sanitized I, bullshit. I feel like when it's I think like it also pop- could squeeze some of the weirdness out too, right? I mean, like maybe some of this incest stuff, you'd be like, yeah, let's clear that up. You know, I don't know how you edit the incest out of this one though. <laughs> no, I'm just saying though, I wonder, I wonder if that, if there is, if it's more than See, just like, thing. like sensitivity so edits. I wonder if they're making edits that will, that just like, well, this is confusing or this is weird. <laughs> if it would be less enjoyable yeah. therefore to read yeah. the current version. I feel like when it's like popcorn schlock like this, like it's okay to go back and change and update to tell the same story. But like when it's like real literature, <laughs> it's just like no, it, you should. It should still be a product of its time to learn about that time. That I think that's where I stand thought. on it. I, I kind of feel like if I kind of feel like. Like, like I don't agree with updating Mark. Well, no, that's Twain. not what I'm. Saying. I, I don't. I don't even necessarily agree with editing anything. I would just say that if you are saying this book is meant to be current, if you're publishing new editions of these books for kids today, yeah. like Fear Street or whatever, yeah. and then you'd be foolish not to make changes to make them more viable for like a modern. You know oh, what totally. I mean? That's but that's like a market choice. It's like if you want your books to be yeah. to be to be like uh, relevant today yeah. and not offensive, then you've got to do this. But the idea that some books cannot be relevant anymore or be offensive, yeah. I'm fine with that. I, I just, I can totally see how if it's especially directed at kids and they're going to keep oh, no, reprinting I no, them. I have no problem with you know, them, like, changing sense. shit in these books. I'm just saying for, for literally our, for our purposes. No, for I, this I, show. I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. I think it's more interesting to read the original thing, words yeah. and all. Yeah. I'm and, just saying, I think I'm it's a funny the, thing like, in our culture that right now we're at a moment where there's like, people are drawing these lines and it's like, it's not so much about like whether you think things should be updated. It's more about like, what does it mean when a book is going to be kept current? You know, if a book is yeah. meant to be valid for today's audiences, then if, if then there's certain books that no, no teacher is going to touch with a 10 foot pole, you know what yeah. I mean? If they're reading them to a class or something like that. And, so you have to I think totally about agree it. with like uh, having a disclaimer in the beginning of the book, like, Hey, this book was written in this year and this is how some people thought at that time. Uh, just keep that in mind while you read it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still yeah, you're right. But it's I like, agree with that. But that's for so. college students. Like I think that when yeah. we're talking about stuff that's for kids, it's like yeah, yeah no, the, it, kids yeah. books fucking update that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's get or rid of the or guess what? Your book shit. your book goes away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anything? Any last thoughts by anybody before we wrap this up? Um, I always feel honored when I'm brought in to close out a book. I'll just say that. So thank you very much. You're a very good closer. 
I think it's happened yeah. before, and I feel like it's always like you, you're, you're tired. It's you're all ready to move times. on to something else. You're at your wits' end with these with these crazy books that you choose, and I, you and know, you're it's also always good. like uh, it's a good energy to work. Fresh air. With. This is no yeah. offense because uh, it's it, it's not like oh, I never want to have John on the show. It, but like multiple times, you've like stepped in when like someone that was going to be our guest like had to pull out at the last second. And yes, I, you, and I'm just like John's reliable and and amazing. So let's have him on. <laughs> Yes. Now, I like to be planned, but I also understand that sometimes I don't get planned because you're waiting for someone to drop out. I, th- but I, I think feel that's like a, we try not. That's a cool spot, too. It, it to, feels more like we try not to have you on because I just always want to have you on. Yeah. And John's like, who yeah. should we have as a Sam. guest? And I'm like, who isn't John? <laughs> like, I, I, I feel the same way about John, all but of like, you. Who's any other person that isn't John that we could have instead yeah, <laughs> for I, once? I like to have varied guests. And I feel like whenever I would think like, oh, it's time to have John on again, usually you you have like swooped in recently to like save an episode so i'm like oh we've just had john on <laughs> yeah well no i love also, it I, like it might not be so, uh, like uh, honestly john you're a cast member like <laughs> unofficial, you're not even a guest. unofficial co-host i could be like one of those snl people who champion. pops in for a sketch but you, they're not on you know it's not they're not the host yeah. they're just there we talked about they this seem before. To be you're like the guys who like live down the street from 30 rock who just like will show up at snl for no reason <laughs> right you're already on one of the other shows on <laughs> Cactus Rodeo. Right, it's very, it, and you and you and y'all are all on a, a show that I just started. So that yes, well, I feel the same yeah. way about you guys with anything where it's like I want to have them Ooh, back on. So I have to have somebody on before I have them back on because yeah. so that way it'll seem like they're back and not yeah. just like and well just we, like we just have nine shows yeah. that we do together. <laughs> well, uh, that's a good segue into uh, what do you got going on? What do you want people to hear and listen to, John? Um, well, uh, you, my podcast is FYIZ, so just look for that wherever you get your podcasts. My band, mostly me, but also other people, uh, is Sci-Fi, so look for that, S-I-G-H-F-I-G-H. Um, and uh, yes, the podcast that I just started, I'm actually very excited about this. I'm hoping to do more, and it was a lot of fun, but it's called The Ookiest Hour, and everybody on this podcast was on that podcast, too, and in fun and unusual ways. So yes, really um, that's something that I'm, I'm having a lot of fun planning out future ones at the current moment. So That was fun. I'm excited. I listened to it. Yes. It was very funny. I'm glad you liked it. Was, You're a funny, funny part of it. I still have to listen to it. It's what I mean. It's like our sketches where I just like I instantly forgot everything that we did on it. So when I listened to it, I was like, "Ooh, this is a treat." Yeah. <laughs> well, there's lots of little bits. I mean, it's an improv comedy thing, but it's like everybody's in character the whole time, and there's just so many little interactions that mm-hmm. that escalate. That I was very pleased with. Uh, you know, you, you all did great. It was a very, very, very fun mix of exactly the the sort of flavors I was hoping for. So, yeah. <clears throat> Chris, what do you want people to know about? I want people to know about, uh, well, one, Pop Sucker Theater, mm. our web show. Yes. Season two coming. In the future. It's coming. <laughs> and uh, Coming along. <laughs> it, it will happen. We're, we're not pulling your chain. It will happen. But, uh, and then the other thing is um, the sketchy show, which is where we, it's, Mostly just me, John, and John improvising (laughs) sketches and losing our damn minds. And then Jonathan edits it into something that kind of makes sense and is very funny. So check out the sketchy show. It's very fun and very funny. And go to cactusrodeo.com and read all my little comics. And you can find all of our shit there. It's all linked. Becca? Yep, just... That stuff. All that stuff? Go find that stuff. <laughs> Go find that stuff. You heard she, she heard the lady. She shows up in all that shit. Yeah. I'm there somewhere. She's there. You'll find her. 
it's not just in the books that there's incest is our point. Like there's between all these podcasts and projects. Podcast incest all over the yeah. place. <laughs> Podcastuous. That's great. Podcastuous. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. That has been The Eternal Enemy by Christopher Pike. Five wild episodes. I can't wait to see what we end up reading next time on Below Grade Level. Thank you. And we love you. Bye. Bye. Now give me a kiss. Below Grade Level is a Cactus Radio production. You can contact us at podcast at cactusrodeo.com. Subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And follow Cactus Rodeo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more entertainment and updates.